0: know about Greek myth, Nick. I know three things about the Greeks. One, very bisexual. Great times. Great orgies. The leisure club at uni, they'd love them. They'd wear those togas and be all like, it's Greek. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get this. Uh, Second thing I know about the Greeks, love their gods. Love Greek mythology. Absolutely love them. Second thing about Greek mythology that I know. Is nothing. I know very little about it. Let me ask you a more refined question, Nick. Uh, Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World, a Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Recap and Discussion podcast. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. Which Greek myth, Nick, do you know of that involves a boulder? Oh, Sisyphus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm good good chums with him. What do you know about Sisyphus, Nick? Well, I know that he was punished for something... Sisyphus was a famous trickster. Was he? Yeah, and he even outwitted death, or Hades, or whoever. Yeah? Such that everyone stopped dying. And they caught him, and they punished him forever by making him push a boulder up a hill. Oh, I thought he was the one that took, like, Prometheus's flame or something. Or... No, that was, like, Theseus or something. Oh, alright, sure, I'll believe that. Hades, available now on all video game <laughs> retailers. D- hmm, Okay. It's a good segue to go into JoJo's with. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. But you know what's a better segue? A better segue. Is our Patreons. Patreon.com slash JoJo's World. Of which we have a new one. A new one, you say. You come into my house, you tell me we've got a new patron. You're goddamn right. Well, I'll you better you. have the evidence to back that up, Nick. I do. I have it written down right here. Why don't you go through the the court record and present the appropriate bit of evidence? Ahem, ahem. Take that! Their name being, of course... Riley Dickinson. Riley Dickinson as I live and breathe. This truly is an auspicious meeting. If you came here thinking you could get away with that, You've got something to weird learn. Weird energy Dickinson. in the room today. It's an afternoon record. It's unusual. It's very weird and it's very warm. Quite warm. Got Quite warm quite quickly. It's very humid. Very that fragrant. That classic Australian... Are you calling my room fragrant? I think I'd call it nice and fragrant. Yeah. Why not? That classic Australian summer. Mm, mm. Fragrant summer. We love Australian summer. We love the beach and the cricket and going around to the the, the lad's house for a two choose, a choose, sneaky snags. A thing we can no longer do thanks to COVID, but you we're know We're in what? a pretty good position. Yeah, in Perth we are. Exactly. Yeah, in Perth we are, yeah. And we're recounting our lived experiences. I'm not, I still stay indoors at all times. <laughs> yeah, I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Bounty the other way co host This is Jojo's World, our Jojo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, but today we are recapping and discussing Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Praise... B, my God! A little anime that could could what? I don't know what. <laughs> what could it do, Liam? Well, it could be produced in the year two thousand and one. <gasps> could it just? Yes, the original video animation. But that's insane. Or whatever I mean. it stands How for. How could it possibly? I will be not produced? what ever what? look up. What that acronym stands for. What? That's the JoJo's World Guarantee. (laughs) Which acronym? OVA. We already know what it stands for. You literally recited what it stood for last week. Yeah, and I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. You've already forgotten it in a week's time I just said the same thing. Did you? Yeah. You were not listening. No, I wasn't. (laughs) I pay attention on this show. And the moral of the story is... Yeah. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Mm. is a show Mm. about Jotaro Kujo... Uh-huh. Jean-Pierre Polnareff <gasps> making his debut. animated debut in this week's episode oh no, that's not a lie he had a pre- that had that's a not a that's lie that's not a lie but it's also not the truth <laughs> because he wa- did have a foreshadowed appearance mm-hmm. in the final shot of the previous episode Hierophant Green that is true That is true. He was looking very strange. he didn't say or do anything. How he got onto where he got onto in that span of time, I don't know. If you haven't heard this podcast before, it's not always like this. It's usually better. This is the ultimate... No, 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 trust me. uh, This never happens. But also, if you haven't heard this podcast before... uh, This is exactly what it's like every episode. (laughs) If you haven't heard this podcast before... uh, Several months ago, we did the first couple of episodes of the uh, 2001-era Jojo's Bizarre Adventure OVAs. Mm. Now, having watched Barkano for a while, we are returning to the next couple of episodes. How long has it been? Like four months? Yeah, maybe. Man, it's been a long time since we watched Jojo's. Where the hell is part six? Why is David Productions not giving me part six right now? Really hard to uh, produce animation in a pandemic, I expect. Hard to get over to the Florida and <sighs> the United States for um, site visit research stuff. Oh, I mean... Because that, let me uh, tell you, that place is a mess right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But why can't they just put that deep in my veins such that the sweet blood-brain barrier breaks down with Jojo stand energy? Why can't they just do that? Like anyway, Jojo's bizarre adventure. Strength and silver chariot. Strength and silver chariot. Yes. Yes. Let me grab the synopsis for this. 2001. And an auspicious year, if ever there was one. <laughs> a year we'll never forget, but also never remember. And the reason we'll never forget that year is, of course, because that is the year that Isaac and Maria of Barkano <laughs> finally realised that they were immortal. <gasps> and it brought them such pain, such terrible, terrible pain. I don't believe I mentioned on our last episode, Nick, but a, mm. a listen, after we talked about ra. Yep. Is it the right number of R's? I don't care. Okay. (laughs) Go on. Uh, A listener got uh, got it at me on Twitter. Let me know that Durarara Mm -hmm. ostensibly takes place in the same universe as Barkano. How? How could it take what? There are a couple of um, characters. I don't know the details on this because as I said last time, I haven't watched this other show. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of characters who are apparently alluded to be descendants of Barkano characters. And okay. also, there are some Isaac and Maria cameos. What? I'm assuming just in group shots or whatever. Oh, okay. So not, like, integral to the plot or anything. I don't think so. Nick is shaking his head ruefully. I would absolutely continue having Isaac and Maria being pl- plot core characters. Plot core. Plot core characters. Nick, describe the genre of music plot core. Uh, it's basically where you're sitting no, shut down. up, I've got this. Oh. Okay. It is, it is garage rock. Yep. Uh... But it is, um, narrative ballads. So what you're saying is it's minstrels. No, but it's garage uh, rock. The garage rock. Yeah. Like surf rock garage rock? Or I like, know what that is. So, so, like, are we saying, like, cool licks that will just like... No, like... like just nirvana like, e. Just like uh, garage band rock. But what is that? Like, just like generic rock. Like Creed? No. Just like really, like, lo-fi, low-budget... Basic, four lads in the garage playing a guitar, a bass, uh, a drum kit and vocals. And uh, they named their band. Just pulling something out purely out of my imagination. I'm going <laughs> to yep. go ahead and say uh, The Fall of Man. Oh, I see. No. My old band. <laughs> no, not that sort of music. That's, that was like metal or something, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was thrash metal. Silver Chariot and Strength. Mm-hmm. On the way to Egypt... The Stardust Crusaders encounter a freighter with only two passengers, <gasps> an orangutan and Jean-Pierre Polnareff, <gasps> both stand-users. Well, that's a bit of a, a bit of a plot so spoiler. So people who have only seen 2000s-era Jojo's Bizarre Adventure animation, 48-episode mm-hmm. Stardust Crusaders, yep. can probably already pick up that that's a significant difference in the plot structure. Yes. I mean, even from when Polnareff was looking in on the plane... That was a bit different. Yeah, because what was he doing in Japan, right? Yeah, exactly. And here is the synopsis on the back of the DVD box that an enterprising listener sent us many moons ago. Some, I don't even know how long ago it was, but some time ago, yeah. Jotaro and his comrades board a private jet heading to Egypt Suddenly the engine bursts into flames and the jet is forced to land in the ocean Mm -hmm. As they drift in a lifeboat, a mysterious large freighter appears They waste no time in boarding the freighter and much to their surprise They find the only other passengers aboard are an orangutan and a Frenchman I mean, that literally is the plot of the entire episode. You but don't it doesn't tell you it. how it plays out. Oh! I, you see, I read that. I've never watched Jojo's Bizarre Adventure before, and like an orangutan and a Frenchman on a freighter. This I've got to see. <laughs> what could their dynamic possibly be? Well, it turns out that they don't really interact at all. But other than in one crucial moment that I think I'm already willing to cold shot as my highlight. <laughs> Were it not for one other particularly new moment in this episode. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if I can say that's my highlight given a few other bits that yeah. happened, but go on. So, Nick, overall impressions? Okay, the middle bit, I think we can both agree, n- not that great. Not, mm, I think so. Not really uh, feeling that vibe from what we want I'm from I'm assuming judges. you're talking about uh, Avdol and Palmaref's throwdown. <laughs> yes, that entire bit where we're just like, This has a strangely calm... This is like the one we've seen before, and that one had its flaws, but this one is also... Worse. Yeah. And more boring. I mean, the Polnareff and Abdul stand battle is not great in general. Mm. Uh, But this one also suffered from, you know, uh, older animation techniques that sort of robbed it of the... uh, dynamic speed that Polnareff kind of relies on. But even then, like, the animation's fucking rad. Oh, yeah, like, it's it's high-quality stuff, but just mm. like... Because I'm assuming it probably wasn't especially computerised mm. at the time. Mm. They couldn't nail down that timing and all that. high-velocity, yeah. cinematic, intense, visceral action. <laughs> um, Nick, however... give me some more um, game review buzzwords. Oh, you know, it made me really feel like... I was being attacked by a big red bird that could control fire, <laughs> with all the energy of an enthusiastic Egyptian man. It didn't really get any buzzwords in that, Nick. Well, I mean, all of that was IGN content, I mean, that's... So. Yes. Everyone is on the Speedwagon Foundation private jet. How? Yep, go on, yes. This is different from the manga and the anime. Which we know they were on a public flight. And all those people died. Yes. But, you know, whatever, the the boys were fine, so that's fine. They're all sitting on the plane, just glancing at each other meaningfully, and Avdol comes and sits with Joseph and is like, Now, Joseph, I know you're scared of flying. I am. Because of what happened 50 years ago. Yes, I am still scared, yes. Well, don't worry, because we've got 50 days to fight Dio. Okay, but I still don't like planes. Yeah, Um, well, tough it out, old man. Fuck you, Avdol. Then everyone's like, (laughs) hmm. No, uh, 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 we hate him. Uh, uh, good grief. Great googly moogly. Uh, then the engine explodes. <laughs> so this is also different. Yeah, as opposed to Tower of Grey killing the pilots and causing a plane crash. Mm. This is just... just I, I, I the... guess we're to assume Polnareff sabotaged it. Maybe? Because he was there when they took off and he didn't. He wasn't on the plane. But how did he get to the freighter? I, you, you know, I was just going to ask you that, yeah. Nick. Because, you know... Even as counting for both of their mutual ghost powers, hmm. the jet's still a lot faster than a freighter. Yeah. So how did he get... Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> we all know magic is real. Yeah. So the, the plane, it gets an engine and it's, it's bad. Yeah, Nick, it's do you real re- bad. Do you remember what the progression of events was between uh, getting on the plane and getting on the ship in the anime? In this one? No, in the other one. In the other one. Okay. So I remember yikes uh let's go they all say and they stand in that iconic pose where they're oh, all right, putting yes. like all four of them yeah, are like hip bam. to pelvis yep uh, and then they hop on the plane yep there's the fight with Tower of Grey yep Kakyoin wins Kakyoin wins but at does, one cost and he does a huge like giant attack that's like oh my god amazing Kakyoin you're our friend I sure am and then they crash the plane yep Yeah. because the pilots are dead yep None of that happens here. Mm-hmm. That's as much as I remember. Okay. Then they went to Singapore. Mm-hmm. And they hung out in Singapore for a while and met Polnareff. I thought... I thought the ship happened... Or was it Hong Kong? Must have been Hong Kong because of geography. I thought the ship happened before they went to Singapore. No, because they had Polnareff. So, you, you are right. It was oh. before Singapore because they had yep. Polnareff in Hong Kong. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Not the other way around. Do you want me to check my geography, Nick? It is famously bad of me. <laughs> Sure, I'll have you check if Hong Kong is south of uh, Singapore. Well, I know that Hong Kong is to the north. It's just that matter of whether it's to the north and the west or the north and the east, which will determine their route. Oh, you're right. Maybe. I still don't know. I still don't know what's happening. And you never will, Nick. I never, ever will. Because you're a coward. <laughs> <laughs> you're a coward who headbutts I'm, I'm sound mean nervous. today. <laughs> Maybe this is just the heat. This is what happens yeah, every time I'm, it gets warm. And cranky. Why are you so cranky, Liam? Of course Matt Mercer is the English voice of Jotaro Kujo in the 2012 Stardust Crusaders. But who's the English voice in the 2001 OVA of Stardust Crusaders JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as directed by the Evangelion director? Who I can't remember the name of. Sharuba Chariotsu. What? Silver Chariot. Sharuba. Just Sharuba. Hey, Sharuba not... baby. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced but Sharuba. I just I just like to it's got a good mouthfeel. I'd like to really listen, get it Listen, why don't you say it? Listen, on a three, two, one, Sharuba. Like, li- listen to that. Hello, and welcome to Hotel Sharuba. You can-, can check out anytime you like. Can I make a production company called uh, Sharuba Productions? I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> Look, this Silver is. Silver what- Chariot Part One, originally the Dangerous Lunch Time. <laughs> Just wanted to get that in there. Okay. Okay, defeating Tower of Grey. Mm-hmm. The group finds themselves in Hong Kong. Ah, there you go. There they meet Polnareff. Right, and then they fight Polnareff. Mm-hmm. and then they pull out his flesh bud. Yep, which he doesn't have anymore in this one. That's right. Yep, for some reason, just it was too complicated. It was too much. You can't you can't have another flesh bud person. Yeah, just make him a compulsive traitor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's never going to come up again ever. Yep. Uh so they do that. Mm-hmm. Then they get on the Speedwagon Foundation boat, but the captain is secretly Captain Taniel who has dark blue moon or deep blue moon or whatever it's called. Okay. They kill him with Star Finger underwater. Okay. I forget that fight, but okay, continue. It's not a very memorable one. Yeah. But it's the one where they... And then the runaway girl, Anne, stows away aboard the ship. Ah, yes. Sweet, sweet Anne. Yeah. Sweet, delicious human okay, flesh, let's Anne. Not, let's not with that. Sweet, cookable, put her on a roast, and So I don't remember why, but I guess that boat must sink. I don't know. Because they end up in the life rafts, which yeah. I like at the start of this episode, to yeah. get picked up by... Strength. Strength. The big orangutan times. Yeah, the big orangutan times. Mm. Gotta say, much prefer the OVA's depiction of the orangutan. <laughs> I mean, you, by the end of it, were so on board with the orangutan. Yeah. So, they're all like, oh, the engine's on fire. What are we going to do? I guess we're going to crash the plane. Joseph runs up to the cockpit and's like, what's going on? We're losing altitude. Get back to your seat. Please stay calm. And then we, I really liked how we saw the plane crash. Like we saw it over the pilot's shoulders, looking through the like windshield of the plane, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just seeing the huge like rush of water coming up. And it's like, oh dear. Yeah, And then we tastefully cut away to when they're all in the life raft. They have a single lantern to provide warmth yep. and light. And they're signalling with their distress signal somehow. Uh, we In the subtitles it said, they'll see our distress signal. They'll hear no, our sorry. distress. Sorry, they'll hear our distress signal yeah. and then come for us. So I can only assume they have a radio or something. Mm, I thought so as well, but we yep. never saw it or hear it. <laughs> no. In fact, when strength eventually arrives after they have a very brief kind of like, I guess we're not out of luck yet. Don't worry, I'm feeling good. Sunrises. A ship, get the signal. Uh they shoot a flare up, which mm-hmm. obviously the ship must hear because then they lower. They're not the talking ramp. about the same signal, Nick. We don't know that the ramp is lowered. Obviously also a ladder, but that's neither here nor there. They're all like, huh. Very curious. The ramp was lowered, but there's no one there. Huh. huh. Alright. Everyone split up to investigate. Yeah, so they all get up on deck. This is like the funniest part of the episode. They're all standing on the empty deck. because there's no one here. Should we take a look around? Just like the Mary Celeste that disappeared in Bermuda. Is there anyone here? Here, here. Yeah, echo. And we see different, Marys, different rooms. And then... So it's like an overhead shot of them all. And I think it was Joseph says... Including the two captains. Mm-hmm. The uh, pilots. Sorry, the two pilots. Yep. Who are... Captain and co-captain. <laughs> oh, please, Nick, as if there could ever be two captains... <laughs> Look, when you're flying a plane, we all know there's one in charge, one behind. One co-in charge. Come on now. You can't have two captains. That that's would be why anarchy. That's why we don't have two hosts. That would be max anarchy. Shit, that's a good name for a DD and d character. It's a video game. Is it? Oh, shit, you're right. Oh, this reference just went downhill real fast. Liam, downhill we real fast. We came up fast. with two good D&D character names recently. Listeners mm-hmm. feel free to work that into your own games. <laughs> okay? First one is Damascus Steel. Oh, very nice. And the second one is Roman concrete. <laughs> Roman concrete. Yeah. Less good. Definitely less good. Damascus steel I might steal for myself. In any case, let's investigate the ship. And then they were like, huh. And they all ran off in different directions. And not even like walking, like we're overemphasizing, they run off. And they, like, if, sprinting away. If, if, if they were all like, if a compass was on the ground beneath them, they would all run across on different headings. <laughs> it's very Scooby-Doo. Let's split up and search for clues. Very like Benny Hill style. <laughs> Ring, Mr. Roaster. And they're just flying off all Joy different Da-ro directions. goes to the kitchen and makes himself a big sandwich. <laughs> Avdol goes down to the engine room and is like, where's the clues? Kakyoin runs through a bunch a long long hallway with a bunch of different doors. Just being all like, it's not this one. It's not this one. So we do get a bit of a search montage. Mm -hmm. And unless I'm I'm mistaken, everyone splits up into groups of two or three and then Kakuin just goes off by himself. That sounds about right. Yeah, Yeah. I'd I'd be willing to believe that. So like Kakuin opens just like some random room. Joseph and Jotaro go to... um, The bridge? Yeah, not the bridge. The like steering room. The bridge. I feel like there's two different things. The bridge? There's the bridge and there's like the steerage room. What the hell is the steerage room? Ships. What... Yes, ships have a bridge where you navigate from, where the steering is. Have you not seen Star Oh, Trek? I'm mistaken. S- steerage is the part of a ship providing the cheapest accommodation for passengers. Mm. Think of it like the caboose, but for people. <laughs> oh, which the bit where all the pilots hang out. Exactly. It's, and it's <laughs> at the back of the ship for some insane fucking reason. Oh, we're going to carry that one with us. <laughs> we really are. Look, Jotaro. How could they have seen our flare with all this muck on the windows? Duh. And then it zooms out. We see there's a whole bunch of like... Grease. Grease and mist, I mm-hmm. guess, on the windows. And Jodo is just... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they find a room. They're looking around. cacuene runs in like, there's something wrong? And they're all like, there we has heard, to be something we wrong. We heard a noise. A noise? A- Why don't we investigate it? Let's all get together and investigate. So uh, they all get together. I believe the captain... The other captain, the co-captain. Joseph, yep, Joseph Jotaro, not doll? I believe he was there. Oh, okay. But I could be wrong. Could be wrong. And there's an orangutan in a cage, like we know from Strength. Of course, because we've already seen this before. Look at that big monkey. No, Mr. Joestar. Says Kakuei. As if he's speaking to a child. <laughs> this is an orangutan. You can't be an orangutan. That's it's a monkey. And he looks sinister. He's got a big orangutan grin. God, I didn't even notice it when we were watching, but he has like weird tattoos on his head. No, that's just markings. Just markings. <laughs> yeah, tattoos. And then he silently, because he's an orangutan, mm-hmm. taps the lock on his cage. Oh. Tap, tap, tap. Oh, the big monkey must want to get out of the cage. And then he just picks up a book and starts reading it. We don't see the he has a this ca- this this uh depiction of Forever, which is of course the orangutan's name. Yep. Uh this rendition of Orangutan A. Yep. It's of course vastly superior because they have excised him being like a pervert and possible pedophile. <laughs> Instead he just reads a book. just reads a book. book book with a purple you see in the original the reason they couldn't redistribute these OPAs is because in the original draft mm. the orangutan was reading the Quran. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So you remember the story that there's a shot of Dio reading the Quran in. Is that? Yeah which is why post 9-11 they like, distribution of this for a long time. Oh I so that see. That was me back to that I wasn't making some remark. Oh okay. Yeah. I just thought that was like wow. I wasn't getting spicy. That's a very spicy meme. Okay. Co-pilot walks up and is like, "Ha oh, ha! Oh, pretty smart for a monkey. I'll warrant uh, he's pretty fly for a monkey. Be careful! He's got five times the strength of a human." And then he recoils back, going, "Huh? Oh, I don't want him to rip off my arm." Well, there must be somebody around for care to care for this orangutan. Hey, that's a good point, Jotaro. There must be someone around to care Let's for this. Let's go. And then as they leave, uh, we get cut away to the bridge. Ghost bridge. Yeah, when levers are pulling themselves. It's Movement. All in Luigi's mansion. Physics on all and objects. And then like pistons start pistoning. Uh, Avdol and Captain Man, who apparently weren't in the orangutan room, but are still in the engine room, are like, <gasps> Oh. Magic, movement, things. Sorcery. And they look up at the smudged window of the bridge and there's the unmistakable silhouette of the orangutan behind a window. But we don't know that yet, Liam. They get up there and he's gone. <gasps> there's no one there. So this is a ghost ship. And Joseph's like, don't be fucking ridiculous, Jotaro. Then all the power goes out. <gasps> wow, this ship is dangerous, they say. Uh, they all reconvene on the... The, the deck, the deck, yeah, yep. the big open area. Let's go look at this marvelously appointed dining room that we haven't <laughs> been in yet. They walk into a room. There's music playing as well. There's a feast. There's chandeliers. There's food. candelabras. There's food. There's drink. There's pudding, desserts. There's it's like a pavlova. Strange, strange, sh- like star shaped food there's as a well. A jukebox. Oh, an old timey jukebox. And there's plenty of food for them all. So, do you remember the? Uh, The anime slash manga equivalent of this scene? No They are in a Chinese restaurant in Hong Kong And there's some back and forth about like Polaref dining with them Or paying for their bill or something Oh, and then he's like, yeah. by the way, I'm an evil stand user. And then much like in this episode, Silver Chariot bursts out of one of the dishes. Yes, I do remember that. Because yeah. it's just in like here, a cup or something. They just—they clearly just wanted to recreate that get out of like, the big vat of soup moment. Mm. So they just put him at this random banquet table on the ship. <laughs> For no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Just having his own private feast. So there's two things. One, Polnareff is here now. Yeah. He's sitting, shadowed in the darkness... And he clicks his fingers and the light comes on. So this is the second thing. How is he controlling the ship? Maybe he set up a signal with the orangutan that when I click my fingers, turn the lights on. It'll be cool. We're like this, I say, crossing my fingers. Yeah, me and forever, fast friends. You know, when I saw- Fast enough, in fact, to take over the speed of your private jet that got you here. (laughs) So that I could get on the ship. How fast is that? The speed of friendship. Yep. Yep. Um, So Polnareff is like, well, well. Bonjour, Monsieur Jostar. How did you know my fucking name? He's got wine. He's blonde and I don't like it. How can you not like his blondness? It's almost grey. That's what I say about all blonde people. They're almost grey. I don't really like the design of his face. No. It just looks off. Multiple times. Everyone looks different, but Polnareff just looks off. I mean, Polnareff at multiple instances looked Weird in this yeah. episode also his um his broken heart earrings aren't so much broken hearts as like broken circles apple halves mm. it's a strange yeah curious anyway, anyway. they uh, all look like real so Kakyoin steps forward and goes you as if he recognises him but then Joseph just pushes him aside and is like I barely expected to see a Frenchman on this ship you know what I didn't expect to see aboard this giant marine vessel? A man from France. How did you know that I'm Mr. Joestar? And he pulls a star-shaped bit of food out of... on a fondue fork. Now, I asked you, what the fuck is this food? Impossible to tell. But like... It's pink. It's pink. It's a little, it is little shaped... little mini Patrick from SpongeBob. No, it's a perfectly shaped star. Yep. Like, like, you know, when a child draws a star. Given that it's on a fondue like, fork. Yeah. Uh, and there's a big bowl of mysterious yellow substance on the table. Go on. I'm going to guess that it's like bread or biscuit for dipping into the fondue. But it's floppy. Yep. Like it comes from something wet, like a soup. Or loose bread. Loose bread? So much loose bread in his Ugh. pockets. Tell me, how did you know you see this loose bread, Joe Star? I followed the crumbs. <laughs> what crumbs? And they look behind them. Kakouin, what have you been doing? I, I left thought... trail so we, we wouldn't get lost. This is a Hansel and Gretel Kakouin. This is JJ tracks and they got lost. Oh no! It's the classic Hansel cool and Gretel like twist. a mid-screen game, recognized game eye contact cut where it looks like it's being torn down the center like oh, a piece like of paper, a, like a broken page. Yeah, that's how, that's how what you do with pages, you break them. <laughs> Another one of Dio's assassins, and everyone forms up behind Joseph, <laughs> just like gradually like vibrating out. It's pretty fucking rad, yeah. not gonna lie. Silver Chariot bursts out of the big yellow soup fondue dish. Uh Joseph is taken aback, but is not hurt. Well, he would would he is only not hurt because it stabs through his robotic hand. Mmm. True that. And in fact, later at the end of the episode, that wound is still there and you've got to appreciate the consistency. Mm, but not in his glove. I have to pay for these, man. <laughs> These no, are not, I'm not cheap. made of robot hands. Do you think the Speedwagon Foundation just makes these now? It, well, they're yes, all but... ancient Nazi tech. There's only <laughs> so many of them left. <laughs> it's just like Wolfenstein, but we're the good guys. Silver chariot design, a lot of gold plating. Kind of mm. like it. Yeah, it's a lot more. Um, it n- pops a bit more. Yeah. Well, I mean, not in terms of the uh, the color palette because everything is very. But subdued, in terms of but... just the the design mm. of of Otter. it's just a little bit more buff. Until it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this happens in both versions. Still don't understand the clock made out of fire that Polnareff redirects. Liam, you're not a real JJBA redirects fan. Redirects Abdel's attack into with his sword such that it hits the table, knocks it over and makes a perfect clock shape. We all know that all good JJBA fights have a clock in some way. I think, mm-hmm. I think what he's trying to say is that even though the whole table is on fire. Yep. It will burn up from the base. Yep. And then by the time the burning burns away the twelve, he'll kill Avdol. I think this is just meant to be... the whole table is on fire. I just thought this is meant to be by the time the hand moves around because we're dealing with... That is the natural reading of the sentence. Yeah. But how could it be? How can it possibly work? You're quite a formidable swordsmanship, sir. What? You're quite a formidable swordsmanship, sir. You're quite a formidable swordsman, ship. No, you're quite a formidable swordsman, ship, sir. Because we're on a ship. <laughs> 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 yeah, I brought that one back. Okay. Yeah, I'm willing to thread that. You needle. can't that's... deny that's what. That's not what I said. You know, when you're you gotta... right, Liam, you're right. I can't. I cannot refute that. Is a correct statement. But to kill me by the time the clock burns twelve, don't you think you're being... Okay, direct quote. Yes. Don't you think you're being too vain, man from France? (laughs) (laughs) Now see, this might be my highlight. After Possibly. Francophobic. Well, I mean, they're all Francophobic. Everyone's racist in this show. (laughs) (laughs) My greeting is overdue. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Jean-Pierre Polnareff. Jean-Pierre. And then zoom in on his face. Polnareff. Jean-Pierre Polnareff. Merci beaucoup, my sincere... They're just talking. My sincere (laughs) thanks for your self-introduction. You want to have a magic fight? The lower half of the table has already burned away. Oh, like, yeah, he gestured with Magician's Red and, like, half the Mm. table collapsed. My flame was not ordinary flame... Quote, because it can control fire at will, my stand is called Magician's Red. Yeah, that's... tracks. I don't see any problem with that sentence whatsoever. What's your issue with that sentence? Like, Magician's Red, the name does not, does not itself imply pyrokinesis. Uh, of course it does. What else would Magician's Red do? Anything. Go fast. <laughs> and literally any other yeah. power. <laughs> Okay, so he does that thing where he's like, you, you dare to call me vain about my sword play? Watch me throw these coins into the air. See, I feel like this made more sense in the restaurant context because it's like the coins to pay for the meal, you know? Yeah. But he's just like, throw the coins in the air and stab them all and then catch the fire. Oh, so impressive. Wow, that's not vain at all. Amazing. That's, is vain the opposite of hubris? or No, I'd say they're similar. I mean, not hubris, um, humility, or is hubris the opposite I'd say they're almost opposites. Okay, cool. So your vanity to, to, wait, so in order not to show vanity, you try to show how cool you are (laughs) with a bunch of coins that can catch fire. I think he's trying, he's trying to demonstrate like, oh, I'm not just all talk. Watch me stab fire with my sword. Why not just stab Avdol? well he tries in a little bit and it doesn't quite go according to plan does it oh now that's some JJBA energy yeah I can cut fire you are powerless against me and I like how he's talking like in profile to them and then angry silver chariot is like looming making direct eye contact like oh yeah I'll fuck you up (laughs) Avdol look I've got my big angry eyes I've got my big gold sword (laughs) gold a famously burnable metal. (laughs) And then he's behind them all of a sudden. Like, when did he? And then he's like, nothing personal, kid. Stan. (laughs) No, Um, he's like, let's go outside because... Look, we all know... Use your true power. We're not going to go to that famous statuary garden in Hong Kong, though. We're just going to go to a big storage room in the ship. We all know that your powers work best in the open, which is why we should go to the lower decks. And you've got to say... Yeah... I don't see why the ability to indiscriminately throw fire around works best in the open. Surely that's even more deadly in confined uh, spaces. No, but where the fire lands, Liam. Where the fire lands. Yeah. Where the fire lands. <laughs> Please finish that sentence. Uh, where it lands, it 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 it. Uh, Everything changed when the fire lands. Attacked. Exactly. Exact. When the fire lands, the land is changed. To be on fire. Completely different in a confined space. Mister Joestar, I will. Ha- I shall deal with him myself. Rest in peace, guy who played physical body of Darth Vader. Oh. Nick, are you excited for the ten new Star Wars shows they're making? Um, I have a prepared statement. Okay. Sure. Great. Yeah, I think uh, a um, lot of them seem kind of cool. I don't really. So. I only know that like there's an Ahsoka one. Yep. And there's a the Rogue Squadron one. Yeah, which I'm very keen for. Um, and if it, they don't fuck it, there's up. probably like an anime one, and there's probably one that's like, let's do Rebels again. There's there's um, gonna be a sitcom one. More Clone Wars probably. Um, there's probably going to be one that's like let's try to salvage the smoking wreckage of the of the sequel of the trilogy sequels, yeah although none of them will want to come back for it cuz they're like yeah, you, fuck yeah. working for Disney Oh it'll be animated of course so uh, they just get soundalikes Of course of course Nick um yes Mandalorian spoilers a show I have not watched Oh no I haven't seen season 2 okay. yet Do you know baby Yoda's name No Okay it's out now and it's something like Grongu or Grongo What's wrong with that? It's not a great name. Let's what's, be honest. What, how is that not a great name? Misa Grongu. How is this is how I speak? <laughs> Look, how is a name like Jabba the Hutt better than Grongu the Baby Yoda? Like, come on. This is Star Wars. If you can get away with shit, Grongu like, the Adult Baby yeah, Yoda. <laughs> like what about fucking Max Rebo? What what's we the guy? We all stan modal, Max Rebo. Who's the Modal Nodes guy? That's a band. Yeah, but who's the guy? The, Max Rebo. No, no, the main guy from the Modal Nodes. Isn't that Max Rebo? No, it's another guy, isn't it? It's something like. No one cares. Let's be Any, honest. Anyway, you got the Modal Nodes. You You've got, got like Dexter Zast- Jetster. You got Dexter Jexter Zaphod Beeblebrox, Zillard Quaites. No, no. Uh, you're trying to. Darth get, Vader. You're trying to gaslight me. <laughs> uh, the old double gaslight, where you bring it back around and make it true. Uh, wait, can I triple this? <laughs> um, <laughs> with it, with enough layers of gaslighting, anything can be true. Thanks. This is the Jojo's World Gaslight Paradox. Yeah. Um, um, no, I'm okay with that name. That's a pretty good name. Grongu? Or Grogus. Or, Grogus? It's, a, it's something like that. What's the name of the guy who owns Anakin in the first movie? Watto. Watto. Of course, I would also argue that Sebulba owns Anakin <laughs> at several points. <laughs> 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 and also Kidster. <laughs> Kidster Drifter. No. That's okay. is like, just like that fucking kid that hangs out with Anakin. It's like, Gee, Annie, oh, you sure do suck. The fucking, the kid who's all like, I'm going to go over this way now. And Anakin's all like, I'm going to follow you. Yeah. yeah. That guy. Who else do we remember from the Tatooine sequence? There's, there's that baby Rodian that in a deleted scene is revealed to be... Um, Watto's father. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, shoots Han Solo. Oh shit, is that him? Yeah. Wow. What's the That's a fucking name. Awesome. My name's too... My mind, Star Wars mine is too poisoned by um, campaign RPG podcasts. Yeah. All I can think is Nick Gillow. Hey, my name is Shootman Solohan. That's actually not a bad name. Yeah, it Shoot, is. Shootman Solohan. It's kind of Star Wars-y. Shootman Solohan. Shootman Solohan. Oh my god, Nick. No, you shut up. <laughs> um, someone that I follow on Twitter recently posted excerpts of this really depressing Boba Fett book depressing. Yeah, it's like the excerpts about his sad life. And I've got to pull it up for you. So I shot and I missed and then I shot and I missed again. Good ref. Even worse. Good reference. I don't know what that reference is. Game Grumps. Good reference. While I'm pulling this up, how do we feel about Sephiroth being in Smash Brothers? I'm fine with it. Great. Yep. I mean, Cloud's already there, yep. so like he needed his best friend Sephiroth. Exactly. He needed a hug from Sephiroth. You know, that's how that plot goes. Yeah. yeah as I understand it, they yeah, want to yeah, have yeah. sex with each other really yeah, bad. Yeah. They really want. Fan fiction has stated yeah. me accurately. And if I believe correctly, it has to go so deep because Sephiroth. Oh, because of his long sword. Because of his long sword, which obviously implies long depth. Okay. The first line of this book. Okay. Chapter one. Rain. Some hate it. Some love it. That's poetry right there. Jesus. I'm a bounty hunter's son, he would say to himself proudly. The reason he had to say it to himself and to no one else was that he had no one else to say it to. (laughs) Paragraph break. He had no friends. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. The librarian, W.H.R.R. Nice. Was almost like a friend, a friend Boba had never actually seen. Boba had no idea what Whirr looked like, or even if it was a person. Just a voice through a slot in the library door. In fact, Boba figured Wurr could be a droid, since he could hear him whirring and clicking when getting books or holo games. Okay. And finally... Camino is a good planet for feeling sad because it's always raining. <laughs> when you've been in the rain, nobody can tell you've been crying. Is this canonical Star <laughs> uh, Wars? Probably not anymore. Oh my god. When Boba got back to the apartment, he saw that his father had been walking in the rain too. Whoever wrote Just this. Jango and Boba walking around Camino by themselves crying. <laughs> no one can see you, Bubba. Boba. Let it out. Uh, uh, the good thing about Camino is that when it's raining on the lower half of your face, mm-hmm. it's also raining everywhere else. <laughs> he had no friends. He had no friends. No friends. And he never would. End of the book. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a depressing life to lead. But not as depressing as the fight in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure OVA number three. A prediction. You yourself, Avdol, will destroy yourself with your own stand. Pretty vain of you to say that. Hey, it's me, Cool Avdol. And then their stands like, posture at each other. Yeah, Cool Avdol is is here. (laughs) The one who I'm still confused by. (laughs) What happened to your vaunted flame? Aren't you going to breathe fire? And then he breathes fire like, ha, I tricked you into breathing fire by telling you to do it. His flames are cast to the ground. He was waiting for Magician's Red to breathe fire. That's why he said he was waiting for it. Oh shit, that's pretty smart. He's coming for real this time and everyone else hides behind a wooden box. They're all like, I do not want to get hit by those flames. We all remember Crossfire Hurricane. It doesn't work until it does. Sawoosh sawoosh. Uh, he shoots it, Polnareff goes flying back. I really can't emphasize enough just how sort of like anemic Krikori is in this sequence. It's like very soft. It's, it's very turn-based combat. Yes, it is. That's exactly what it is. It's like people didn't watch any fighting films to get the choreography for this, so there's no back and forth. It's just Polnareff talks... And then something happens with Silver Chariot, and then Avdol chimes in, shoots some fire, shoots it gets some deflected, fire. it hits him. Then and he then, does it again, and he tries to deflect it again, but it doesn't work this time. And it's just like the action is always broken up by them being like, haha. ha, ah, this time it. And will be no, different." There's no movement because it's just, They're just a standing there, shot. like yeah. two meters from each other, like ah, but you'll never get close to me. It's like two, <laughs> it's like two Magic the Gathering players who it's are like, just like, it's like a game of Yu Gi Oh. But instead of having the dynamic like you thought you could play this card and then something happens that's like, oh shit, this changes the game. It's just them being there being like, haha, defense mode, attack mode. Yeah. And you're like, okay, but this doesn't really I mean, I this isn't moving with what they're doing yet, because what they're doing is His stand has been melted and he is unable to fight. Anyway, Mr. Joestar, how are we gonna get to Egypt? (laughs) No, look, he's He's in the sky and he's clapping at us upside down. How's he doing that? He exploded, didn't he? What? He can't possibly be clapping. He's clapping in the sky. He's upside down. Mm, mm. Ah, mm, mm. Ah, mm, mm. Ah, mm, Buddy, mm. you're a big boy. Make a big boy. Playing in the streets, you're gonna be a big boy. Be a big boy. (laughs) (laughs) William, are we going insane? We are. Neil Cicereca. (laughs) Oh, God, we're losing everything. Why is he floating in midair? No, look with your special eyes. Yeah, Polnareff literally says, no, look closer with your stand eyes yeah. or something like that. And then we see he's being held in the air by Silver Chariot. Probably he would maintain that ability in, say, 40 episodes time when he, say, so, desperately needed his stand to pull out, pull him out of the path of an oncoming all devouring oh, all the void. Yeah. <laughs> But how could he possibly have seen it coming? <laughs> uh, so he, this is Silver Chariot without his armor. He lands, Silver Chariot looks pretty neat. Yep. He's you see, skin. you didn't blow up my stand. I just took off his armor. Oh. That's why I'm fine. Oh, that explains everything. He starts flexing, stretching and being all like, "See, now I can move faster." So the fast. coolest animation I've ever seen. Look at all these uh, visual after images. They aren't just after images that will confuse your senses, but your physical senses too. And he cuts him. <laughs> he does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he does technically do that. He, like, shoots forth some after images. And he blows up a fire. He blows up he fi- blows up an after image, which has its own, like, unique explosion animation. And it's like, ah, oh, but that was just an after image. <laughs> and then he gets cut. And There's it's a like... a couple of cuts on his face lines. And Avdol's all like, oh. We've never really talked about his face lines before, have we? Sure we have. Not here, of course. But, I mean... I guess they are a tattoo or something. I assume so. Or just... Veins, Yeah, veins or age marks. I've got a... So Avdol doesn't move at all after being cut. Gotta get a credit where that's that's. And he got cut, cut in unks. And then he just starts talking. I've got special variation of the one attack I've been doing all fight. Which the unks can split up into lots of little unks. How does that... Okay, yep. My stands have formed a perfect circle and now they're attacking you. Oh no, but I actually kind of like it. I like it a bit more, this taking place in the ship. Like with what happens now where the fire bursts out of the floor of the ship. Yes. Rather than just like the dirt of the... Through the dirt, yeah. Yeah. Well, this makes slightly more sense because there's a pipe there. Yeah. But... And they don't really like talk about the pipe. It's like a nice little detail that they do. Yeah. But it's still a strange way of... Making the move happen. Well, Nick, because as we know from Mm. a future Part Three fight, yes, uh, when you borrow underground when you're on when your jacket's on fire, Uh then you're fine. Uh, (laughs) Oh, you know. You remember Wheel of Fortune? You know, you had me in the first half, but now I remember when Jotaro did that thing. Still, what the fuck? (laughs) So he defeats Polnareff. Yep. Yep. And does that thing where he throws him a knife, like, burning to death must be painful. Why don't you just fucking kill yourself? And Polnareff's about to, and and then he goes... And gets banned from Twitter (laughs) (laughs) for telling Polnareff to kill himself. (laughs) And then Polnareff's all like, oh, I can't do it. He goes to throw it, but then he doesn't. And he's all like, you won. I'll just die here. To think, And he's very eloquent and calm for a man who's burning to death. To think my swordplay could be defeated by mere flames. I shall burn to death. Gracefully, the most peaceful of deaths. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's all pure agony. You see, am I thinking of burning or freezing to death? It's like falling to sleep. <sighs> well, I'm experiencing one right now and it seems fine, so it must be burning to death. <laughs> You know, I'm not screaming at the top of my lung, so it must be fire that's calming to the soul. And Avdol is touched and like, click, fire go out. Much like how Polnareff clicked and the light went on. Oh. Oh. That's writing. <laughs> <laughs> His proud spirit goes beyond Dio's orders. This man who would adhere to a code that you might call chivalry. Oh. Ooh, you might call it that. You also might call it utter stupidity. If we let him die like this, we might regret it later. He's probably got a good reason to be an evil vampire assassin. Yes. Oh, look, the captains are here. Oh my God, the captains. Oh, hey, we're here to get killed by strength. Oh, don't worry. We we just, we killed uh, Polnareff and they're like, oh, great. We were worried about, oh my God, a giant hook. So one gets a classic anime death. Where like a giant hook on a crane Comes down Fucks and him up in the head Right through the head But then I really like this next attack Where all the rivets on the hull You mean the bolts? The rivets Nick The rivets <laughs> Okay alright they're the rivets They're the rivets Liam Turn into bullets and fire at them mm. And everyone dodges except for the other guy Who gets two in the head And it, like one through the eye One through the, the straight up skull Yeah and then he just keeps getting hit and and good visual callback that Jotaro catches his like when he caught <laughs> mm. the bullet that was cool i Which genuinely appreciate neat. that yeah. from this point from this point on this episode rules yeah from everything from this point on is fucking baller yeah um, so uh, he catches the thing, it he catches drops it, it on the ground. And they're all brightly lit by the overhead lights. Drops it on the ground and it's like shaking with invisible force. Monkey comes through wall wearing like, its captain's outfit. Just like Jumanji. That damned ape, is he a-stammed you? Hang on a minute. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what do you mean? How is this just like Jumanji? What do you mean how is this just like Jumanji? The 1998 film with Robin Williams? Yes. And what's her face from Cheers slash Frasier? And that guy, Mr. Sheffield from The Nanny. It's almost certainly not him. <laughs> pretty sure it's him. I'm pretty sure it's him. I think I know my nanny trivia. Not your Jumanji trivia, though. Evidently. Uh oh. Go on. Find me Mr. 1995, Sheffield. 1995 for one 95. Good lord. But I wouldn't have guessed. So I'm Four years man? old. No. Um. Van Pelt, who also plays the dad, is of course played by Jonathan Hyde, who you may know from his role as Dr. Alan, someone in The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. But was he in The Nanny? Was he in The Nanny? I don't think so. It would have been, it would almost certainly be one of his top IMDb roles. Oh, shit. That's rough. That's. But Kirsten Dunst plays Judy. Correct. Yep. Very young Kirsten Dunst. Yep. Yeah. Bonnie Hunt plays Sarah Whittle. That's who you were thinking of. Bonnie Hunt. Who's Bonnie Hunt? This is our Jumanji podcast. No, the lady from. Jumanjo's World. No, the lady from Cheers Slash Frasier who plays Lilith mm. in Cheers Frasier. Her. That one. Yeah. Oh. You know that one. BB New Earth. Yeah, her. Right. And she's Nora Shepard. Yeah. She's Who's the, the that one that. Jumanji? She's the one that Robin Williams, adult man, come back from the jungle. He's all like, oh my God, we need to go out and do some stuff. And she's always like falling behind the pack trying no, to that's catch Sarah up with these Whittle. kids. us that's Sarah Whittle. No, no, falling behind the kids because she's, like, the babysitter? Wow, I don't remember that character at all. Yeah, she gets caught up in, like, the uh, the vine trap and, like, the, the water splashes on her. In the monsoon scene. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So Nick, I feel like you are deflecting from the question, how is the ape coming through the wall in a captain's outfit like Jumanji? Well, you know in Jumanji when he starts falling through the floor and the, the liquid floor is like-, oh, so like... So not that moment, but the moment that's also happening simultaneously where all the other non-Jotaro crusaders fall through the floor like it's mud. Yes, <laughs> that bit. That's what you were talking about. This guy looks dope. He's got this big, sinister face. No, hang on. We I'm, have not, to I'm talk. not skipping Thank over maybe you. the best part of the episode <laughs> where the spare bolt slash rivet that Joda Roth dropped on the floor floats through the air into Forever's hand and then when he catches it... It mutates. It, it transmogrifies into, into, a into a fucking his, wooden smoking pipe. Yeah, and then he smokes it. And <laughs> it's like... you bastard that's right I like I I don't know if I like or dislike that they don't do the Jotaro assumes his internal monologue sequence Wait, what was the Jotaro seems as a general? So you remember one? in manga slash anime? No. There's the, like this, the Crusaders are up on deck in another room while this is happening. Okay. And they are like sunking into the floor and stuff. But Anne, the runaway girl, and Jotaro, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe Anne is still just wearing a towel at this point. Yep. Um, They they confront the ape separately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jotaro, he gets like bound to the wall uh, by like just random pipes and shit. Yep. And then he's like, oh, that smug smile. You're probably thinking this whole ship is my... And then like cuts to his dialogue or what it would be. This whole ship is my stand. You can't possibly match up to the power of my stand Oh, strength. I do remember. True. Yeah. They don't do that. Oh, man. But it's fine. He's smoking. He's smug. Everyone's like, Jotaro, the ship is the stand. They're all sinking in the floor. Look at that shot. He's got glinting evil anime eyes. For an Arang... He looks Arang- like Teng- Gendo looks- Ikari. Who's Gendo Ikari? Gendo Ikari. Chinji's uh, dad in Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yes, very much so. <laughs> who Pi- is that? Pilot the Eva, Gen- uh, Jodoro. Oh, is he the guy who does this? Yeah. The the crossed fingers? Yeah. Pose? Yeah. yeah. At the desk. Yeah. With his glasses and shit. Yeah. Ah... I know exactly who you're talking about. Whole bunch of floor shoops up and, like, entraps Jotaro. Oh, no, Jotaro's been trapped in that chip chrysalis. <laughs> he does a little star finger ploy. Well, because the guy, the, the ape walks up to it and smugly taps it, like, huh? This is good steel. This is good audio as well, then. <laughs> And he's all like, haha, you're stuck in there. And then, like, punch dent, and then star finger through it hits him in the forehead. He's all like, Arr! ah! falls back, but, I, but he's fine. He's fine. That, that's the killing blow for him in, um, in the, the anime. anime, if I recall. Mm. Um, or at least it gets Jotaro free to start punching him real good. But mm. then he's like, ah, oh, I'm fine. And that's his voice. <laughs> <laughs> and like, lots of punch dents coming through the sheet metal, but then he just like, he does like a crushing motion. And, and then he gets crushed. Jodoro is getting crushed and the the ape gloats in the moment of his victory until much like Sephiroth and Smash Bros villain Galeem in the latest Sephiroth trailer Mm -hmm. his face is bisected in two from behind by the sword of Jean-Pierre Polnareff (gasps) who is elected to betray Dio and side with the Stardust Crusaders but for what reason? he's got his reasons yeah sure and like falls in a pile of blood. And I really, I really like Jodaro. Uh, sorry, Polnareff face turn, kill forever from behind. It's just a dope moment. Yeah, it's good. It took it took me by surprise. Yeah, it's good shit. And he's there, like covered in burns, and he's like, he looks a lot nicer now, like, lying on he the looks ground. More like trueponeriff in yeah, his facial not, features. He has like skin color that isn't grey. Yeah, he, and he's lost that sinister smokeness. And he's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess I did a pretty good thing after all. I'm here for you guys and not the other side. Trust me, even though I just affected. The all ship right, turns do. into a much smaller ship, much bigger than the one it turns into in the anime. Yeah, it's just still like, like, like a. a motorboat day speedboat motorboat yeah and uh, they're all like but will this get to shore or will it run out of fuel we don't know and Polareff is just there and they're talking about him like a metre away like to think that he would side with us Mm. really something and with all those burn marks he healed so quickly he must be determined to do something he must have a reason and then he turns around Monsieur Jostar I do have a raison. Oh did you did you hear it or what of what we were saying? You're wearing gloves. Is your left hand a right hand? And they're all like Polarith, gloves don't change your handedness. And Poland all like, don't be silly. Show me your hand. Well it's a robot hand. Oh, okay, I understand. Certainly you couldn't have had a right robot hand <laughs> that you cut off and replaced with a left hand. Impossible. Uh, It's still got the hole through it from the fight before. I'm looking for a man who killed my sister. Flashback to her and her classmate walking home. It's all sepia. It's that thing where the rain doesn't touch him. (gasps) The rain still doesn't doesn't make make any sense. (laughs) It never shows up ever again. And in this in this depiction of it, he just cuts her head off. Just straight up. Yeah, and we see her bleeding stump as she's still standing up in the class. Oh no, that's the-, the classmate, isn't it? Why would it be the classmate? Because he kills the classmate, then kills No, Oler the classmate Sestate. is the one who tells Polnareff about this. He wasn't there. Oh, <laughs> that makes some sense. I thought they both died, but all right. I don't know his face, but I know he has two right hands. The old classic. For the sake of my sister's soul, I will make him atone with his death. He's getting and, teary-eyed A year ago, I met Dio, and Dio was like, I can help you find this man. Just join me. Join me and kill the status crusaders. And Dio was like, okay, I'll do that of my free will. And then uh, they were all like, oh, wow, that is a bad deal. He's and like, it was a bad they're deal. They're like, so that means Dio knows this man. And was like, what? <laughs> right? I mean, maybe. That, that's but what happens. Alvdor also knew the man no he didn't oh no Dio knows the hanged man yeah 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 oh and Bono freaks out and then he's just like I'm gonna go with you guys and maybe I'll meet some hot babes along the way aha uh-huh, aha uh-huh. bon merci bon merci and everyone's like oh this guy's personality just completely entirely changed. changed he's gone from merci beaucoup to merci no coup. <laughs> yeah I'd rate both our jokes on that equally <laughs> neither of them well <laughs> but, but still existing yeah <laughs> I thought he was a man filled with chivalry, but now I'm not so sure. Oh, Avdol. Yare, yare. Meanwhile, with Dio and Enya. (gasps) Hot Enya. (laughs) Yeah. Hot, uncut Enya. Hot, uncut Enya. The adults only. X-rated Enya. Ooh, she's wearing clothing. And she's somehow tracking what they're doing through magic. Hey, big boys, you want to go to the store and live a financially safe life? So useless. And the chariot betrayed us but all the cards we hold all the cards dio you can tell from how i'm holding all these cards they're all tarot cards even if all those useless worms defect my son who has two right hands like me oh, shall overcome oh. them that's that's a plot twist yeah hot enya has plot twists the hangman the hangman's right hands will take care of them my yeah, son weird. yeah what a strange dio's like what a strange turn of speech <laughs> Ah, and he is my precious son And his name is Jay Gile And Dio's like, I know all this, why are you telling me? Because I am Enya And you sit the fuck down Enya's position Oh for fuck's sake, why did I hire you? Because you're so damn hot You didn't hire me (laughs) I quit Wait, no, come back, wait, come back that's the end, boom Nick, highlights and lowlights Oh my god, okay, group highlight Group highlight Whoop, transmogrified the, pol- the bolt turning into the oh, pipe was God. quite a moment. If you're taking that, I've got to take surprise cut from behind. Yeah, fair enough. These are, these are like the two top moments of this or any show. Because they also <laughs> signify the turnaround of the episode where it's like, oh shit, what? And then we have a really good yeah, so I really liked the strength thing in this episode, but I really didn't like the silver chariot thing in this mm. episode. Mm. and that's my know. highlight and low light baby my low light would probably just have to be the two captain and co-captain crashing the plane in the, o- in the <laughs> it's ocean it's not their fault no, the no, engine no. explodes crashing in the ocean and then just doing nothing and then dying yeah and it's a bit like well they could have just mean, died they did that with the sh- the survivors of the the ship and that's in- also true I guess so oh I guess so <laughs> these are all good points I suppose but it's still just like and but they died in a, in a vacuum still a valid low light Mm. Also, another highlight. All right, guys, we need to investigate the ship. Yeah. Also, another highlight. No sexual predation from the ape. <laughs> no potential pedophilia. Yeah. Always a good start. Yeah. Yeah. So I this this is to my mind the definitive version of the strength fight <laughs> for the high reasons in our highlights and lowlights combined. <laughs> now, question: Are we doing another OVA? Yeah, let's do one more. Okay. That one, Nick, of course, is entitled... Welcome to the showdown, We Got Polnareff. Oh my god, that worked. No, it doesn't. Welcome to the showdown, We Got Polnareff. Yeah, that's nothing. Welcome to the showdown, yeah, I know what you're We doing. Got Polnareff. It's not good. Joe Joe is here and so is Joseph Joe. Star. <laughs> nice artful voice was, break so there, close. Nick. I was so close. This, this is a spicy meatball. Cool. <laughs> what evidence do you have the next episode the emperor and the hanged man well that was fucking yeah. fast it's quite fast in um in the anime too of course but not this fast no no, nowhere near this fast <laughs> because of course we're skipping yellow temperance we're mm-hmm. skipping ebony devil yep we're skipping the wheel of fortune I think yep uh ooh are we it's around think... then and still with them yeah But anyway, Jesus, we're getting this out of the way very quickly. Just going straight to India to fulfill his revenge quest in the very next episode. Fucking hell. Okay. Well, that's going to be weird. So what do we expect to happen? Okay, well, obviously he's going to go to India. He's going to be all like, why is this toilet weird? Yeah, that Um, pig is going to be in it. Yep. And then... Um, Avdor will die, quote unquote. Yep. Uh, He'll... Then Alvda will probably come back in like the very next episode. Yep. So Emperor was the Hanged Man's stand. No. No. No, no the is... Hanged Man is a stand, Nick. Sorry. Who's the Emperor? Whole horse. Wait, Whole Horse is I thought whole his gun, the Emperor. Oh We all love Whole Horse. This is gonna be a great time. Yeah. So we're getting a Whole Horse and the Hanged Man. I have a prediction, Nick. Go on. It won't be as good. Was I wasn't gonna say that. Oh. You can't prove I was going to. <laughs> I can't. Yet. I predict that after Jay Gile dies, yep, Hot Anya will take the role of the Empress, who is the hot babe that Polareff gets attracted to, hangs out with Whole Horse for a while, mm. and then puts the wart on Joseph's arm. Okay, okay, I can see that. I can see because that because yeah. she looks like that character. She really does. <laughs> Maria, wasn't it? I don't Mariah. No, no, Maria was magnets, magnets, uh, and homophobia. Uh, I see. Yeah, I can feel either one of them. Yeah, okay. That's that's a pretty good, like, take on predictions. Take on... Predictions. Take on predictions. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Okay. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can, you can follow Liam, I guess. If you enjoyed this episode, good for you. I mean, great. You, you might want to consider raising your standards. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair point. Uh, You can follow us at JoJo's Podcast on Twitter or Instagram or Stitcher or the internet. Spotify. Wait, we're on Spotify? Hell yeah. Oh, fuck yes. Actually, I already knew that. I don't know why I was surprised by that. And until next time, to to be be continued. continued.